Welcome to our Leadership Intelligence Podcast. This is part two of our series on transitioning into management. The title of today's session is Building Your Peer Network. My name is Charles Rogel, and I am the Vice President of Products and Marketing for DecisionWise. I'll be moderating our podcast today. My guest is Matt Ride. How you doing, Charles? Matt is the Chief Operating Officer at DecisionWise. He holds a J, uh, JD degree. He oversees our company's operations as well as its finance, legal, administrative, and technology functions. Matt was a corporate attorney in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, where he was a shareholder at the law firm of Kurt McConkie. And then prior to practicing law, Matt was an accountant and consultant with Deloitte and worked with many startup companies in a variety of different capacities. Matt is also co-authoring a new book currently titled Bridging the Expectation Gap with our CEO, Tracy Maylett. So, Matt, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the need, I guess, for this podcast. The title, again, is uh, Building Your Peer Network, and we're going to talk about uh, seven steps, basically, to build this network. Yeah, so we started this series, this transition into management, as a way to new managers could listen to and kind of get some tips on how to make that big leap. Yeah. Going from super doer and high performer to someone that has to work effectively through others and most importantly with others. Yeah. And so that was part one. We really talked about kind of how to make that kind of mental leap and kind of some strategies for, for transitioning into working through others. Today is about uh, building your peer network, okay? In other words, once you become a manager, it is, it is so important that you can um, gather resources, build coalitions, effectively be able to drive initiatives. And to do that, you have to work within your peer network. You know, I, I think we all realize there's a need to build networks. And we mm-hmm. have LinkedIn and we, we have Facebook. Facebook. You're, you're going to us with Facebook yeah. too today. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we, have, we have all of these kind of social networks that we think about. But it took me a long time to realize in my career that, and I stand by this statement, the most important network is your peer network within your organization. This is the way you actually get stuff done. And it's not something that happens organically, and it's not something that just happens. It's something that has to be built. At least those that are effective, build it. Sometimes you, after a while, if you've been around long enough, yeah, you sort of just fall into a network. Mm -hmm. You kind of have made friendships, and they're there. But ideally, you put some thought and energy into it. And that's what this podcast is about, are some seven ideas on how to proactively begin building that peer network the moment you make that transition from super doer to a manager. Yeah, because I think your focus as a new manager really on your team, right? How to get your team up and running, how to gain their respect, how to get them to do, you know, get the job done, get things accomplished. And you kind of start working in this vacuum of, of only your team and forgetting about the other people that you have to interact with in your organization. And, and oftentimes you maybe have been promoted within that team up mm-hmm. to manage even the team that you're a part of. And so now you've got this, these peers that you don't know, you haven't spent much time with, or that you might be part of committees or uh, uh, standing meetings of people that you're not used to or you haven't dealt with for, for a while or if ever. Yeah. And so you need to take time to build these relationships. Great. So let's uh, let's get into some of these steps. Okay. So the first step I I have is step one, which is you identify your starting point. So this is actually an exercise where you literally sit down, and you think about those that are your peers that you already have a relationship uh-huh. with. Okay. And you take this seriously. You sit down and you say, okay, who do I know in the company 
those that are at my peer level or those that are above me that I need to have some sort of, that I have a relationship with. That might be three people, that might be five people, but you put their name on a list or you put their name on, on a matrix. Yeah. Okay. You identify who they are, you identify their job title, and you might even make a note. What, why is this, this relationship important to you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like for example here at DecisionWise, you and I are colleagues. We serve on what is called our senior leadership team. Well, your my relationship with, is important with you for the reason that um, I need to know what new products are coming out. I need to work with you effectively. And if I, I don't do that, then I've got a problem. Yeah. Okay, and so I might put down next to your name, Charles Rogel, I might put down... Um, is the one who's going to help me know about new products or if I need help marketing, I need to talk to this guy. Yeah. Okay. So step one is identify those relationships that you already have. And even if they're small, but if they exist, put them down on paper. Okay. All right. So that takes us to step two, which is really the next part of this. And that is, here's the hard part. Who should, now that you've identified who you have, who else should be in it? Right, right. Okay, and this is the challenge, right? Thinking about all of the potential resources that you might draw upon, draw upon, and where they fit in what you're going to try to accomplish as a manager. Okay, so let's take a scenario. Let's say you are um, upgraded to be a manager of the help desk. Yep. Okay, so you're in an organization. Before you were an individual contributor who took help desk calls and helped IT help people with their IT problems. So you've been promoted and you manage four other IT help desk folks, and it's your job to make sure that that your larger organization ha- is getting these these help calls are getting answered and people are getting their computer problems fixed. Sure. Okay. Well, you need to think about about what resources you have, and that is, how do I train my people? What budgets do I need? What IT resources? What do IT I need? resources I need? So you need to sit down and say. But you also start to say, is who do I regularly deal with on a on a on a on a consistent basis? Am I constantly helping finance? Mm-hmm. You might think about adding whoever the finance manager is and those types of things. But you take that, you take what your sphere of influence is and you start saying, okay, who do I need? But you, you very well might need to say, our, our chief technology officer might need to be, maybe we're a flat organization, maybe needs to be on my list because I need to be able to go to him or her and get money occasionally because I need a new ticketing system mm-hmm. or I need new I need to know how often we're going to roll out computers. So that's an example of sitting down and proactively thinking about who needs to be on your team. Um, the other thing you might think about when selecting people for this network is you'll need their support. Um, they're critical for what you're trying to accomplish. Uh-huh. Um, they might make a good mentor or advocate for you. You know, it's important to identify someone who can help you. Uh, they have, like we said, budget or other resources that you need within an organization. And here's another one. Maybe they are simply there because they will help broaden your influence or reach within the organization as well. Yeah, sometimes you need someone who can kind of champion your cause mm-hmm. sometimes. So when you're sitting in a group meeting, you need someone else to kind of, um, you know, chime in with you on certain issues that come up or at least have your support and back on some of those things. hmm yeah, so that's step one and step two. Identify who currently is part of that peer peer network. Mm-hmm. And step two, who you need to put um, into that peer network and what you're going to do to go about adding them and making them a part of this peer network. Okay. All right. Next one. All right. The next one is step three, which is find a mentor. 
nobody really succeeds without having somebody show them the ropes. Yeah. And you can have more than one mentor, but doesn't typically work out all that well. Find somebody that you want to pattern your career after. And this isn't something you take lightly or rush into. You think about this and you spend some time really evaluating who would be a good mentor for me within our organization. Now, is it typically your boss or can it be your boss or is it other people most times? It could be your boss, but it could be someone completely outside of your function. Mm -hmm. Going back to our example, you manage the help desk within your organization. Maybe your mentor is the chief financial officer. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But you like the, their style or you've come across or you feel like their their pathway is something you want to follow. There are a lot of reasons to choose mentors, and we're not going to kind of delve into that topic, but at least give some conscious thought to identifying a mentor that can help you navigate the new waters that you're in as a manager within an organization. So once you've um, identified someone, do you just go up to them and say, hey, I'd like, uh, can you be my mentor? <laughs> not quite yet, but it's okay to be that bold sometimes. I don't think it's inappropriate to let somebody know that you're asking for their help and people people want to feel needed yeah they want to feel useful and so it's okay to say hey i'd really like your help and kind of but you don't maybe say hey i want you to be my mentor maybe you say is could we go to lunch sometime i'd like to just talk to you about what some tips you might have for me as as i made this transition from a team member to a manager what are some things you'd like to see mm -hmm. from me and how can i just get better. Sure. So that's, you've made that person a mentor, but you haven't called it out. You haven't kind of made the relationship weird. You know, sometimes <laughs> if you go to, to them and say, Hey, you want to be our mentor? It's like asking them out on a date. They're like right. weirded out immediately. Like, Whoa. <laughs> and you're telling all your friends. You know, uh, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that. Right. So it's more along the lines. Hey, could, could we have a chance to sit down and chat and maybe, mm -hmm. and maybe, uh, just kind of give me some pointers. Okay. And then that relationship will grow naturally. And if it's a really awkward conversation, probably Maybe. ought to rethink your mentor choice, right? right? <laughs> Choose somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's uh, that's uh, find a mentor. And with the emphasis that help having somebody that can help you improve your peer network and kind of navigate the waters of your organization at your new level. All right. So step four is identify the specific things you're going to do to strengthen the relationships that you've identified. Hmm. And this goes to what we have is we advocate the use of a network diagram. Okay. And that basically is a matrix. And that matrix is essentially you list the people in your in your uh, network. You talk about what they're you, – you, you, in one box you might say what there, is their relationship or position. You might have a box that says how well is our relationship going, you know, or – and we don't communicate well or no, I, I have good consistent communication with this person. Mm -hmm. And then you might have some areas in your matrix where you have places to do to do's or tasks or specific actions that you might take in order to um, improve and strengthen that relationship. So this sounds like a lot of science for a network and everybody wants to say, can I just wing it? I'm a social guy. I'm pretty personable. Yeah. I don't need to, to, put this much effort behind my peer network? And the answer is maybe, maybe not. If this is your third rodeo and you're going from a, a position of, from a new manager and you're going up the chain and this is your, like I said, your third promotion, maybe you have it down. Yeah. But if you're new, it's not a bad idea to think about this with concrete steps and to actually put things in writing so that you think about it carefully and clearly. 
I mean, the idea is to be more strategic about it. Yeah. Just don't let it, if you let it happen, you might not get the outcome that you want. So you guys know I have a motto around here and I stick by this. I don't care what people say. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And I don't care if that's a drawing or if it's on a whiteboard, at least it exists. The, The idea has been captured, but just an idea in your head is useless. It's yeah. useless to the organization. It's useless to you. It's useless to anybody because it doesn't exist until it is captured and, and being able to be embodied in some form that it can be discussed and dealt with and action taken. It doesn't exist. So as you're thinking about these relationships, do you need to worry about the level of professionalism versus friendliness that you establish? Or you just kind of let that happen and see where it goes? Uh, this is, I think, an area where you have to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and you don't want to be weird. You don't want to go, right. I've now added you to my relationship network <laughs> matrix. diagram matrix. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Like that's creepy. You're right? ranked number three. Yeah, you're ranked number three. I moved you up. That, that feels like an episode of The Office. That's like Dwight would do that, <laughs> right, right? Right, Yeah. So that's not what we're saying. These, it, but you, you, it's okay to at least say, I haven't been to lunch with so-and-so in, th- in three months. Mm-hmm. It might be a good idea to schedule something. Or yeah. maybe I need to make sure that I have the habit, um, if the relationship's about, that I have the habit of walking around every day and connecting with a few key people because they're just integral to my team, right? Yeah. Say I'm over support at a software company and I know that I need to talk to our sales folks to know what new deals are being sold. It's probably helpful that I have sort of that More constant daily contact. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's step four is take the time to identify specific things. You could use a matrix as a way of doing that. You could just list it out. It could be scribbled on a piece of paper. I don't really care, but it's helpful to, to actually take some time and write it out. Sure. Okay. All right. Step five is referencing what we call the trust equation. And there's, I'm going to reference another podcast in our series, which is on the trust equation. But the trust equation was a way of describing how trust works in a relationship. And the way trust works is you think of having a numerator and a denominator. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the numerator is reliability plus competency plus intimacy. Intimacy meaning how you know, how close is this relationship, Mm -hmm. okay? And all of that's good. So you need all of those elements. You need those three elements. You need trust is is created by doing what you say you're going to do. That's the reliability component. Competency is doing what you say you're going to do and doing it well Mm -hmm. or in a professional manner. And intimacy is doing it in such a way that you're building a connection with that person, okay? But all of that gets undercut by... Uh, self-interest. So the denominator is self-interest. So meaning you can be doing all three of those things really well, but if you're, if you show that it's all about your own self-interest, you're going to fail. Yeah. What's your and intention? notice, and notice that it's not a minus sign. So we didn't just say, well, you take the positive effects of competency and reliability and intimacy, and then you should just subtract out the negative effects associated with self-interest. It's a divisor. So it's in it's it actually undercuts more than just subtracting it out. It's dividing or reducing the value of those three in the numerator more significantly. Yeah, and, that, and that's if your interest is at odds with or not aligned with the the whatever the outcome that you're trying to achieve or the relationship they have. That's right. So my point is, 
listen to that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Take some time and understand the trust equation because it was an aha moment when I realized that I could that I could think about not only the relationship I have, but I could also think about the quality of it. And I think the trust equation is one of the best measures of the quality of a relationship that that I've come across and that we teach about here at Decision Wise. Yeah, and it's easy to look at your matrix then and kind of evaluate, okay, where is my level of trust with these individuals based on this equation and yeah. experiences we've had? And our partner Brad did that, and I think that's a really good podcast. So I'm going to make a pitch for that, that that's another one to watch mm -hmm. or to listen to, but that's what I would suggest. So okay. that's understand the trust equation. Okay. Okay. The sixth step is then take the time to learn good communication skills. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're going to do a podcast on that, but there are, I'm going to run through six kind of strategies for having effective communication with people within your peer network. Okay. Yep. So let me just identify for you those six kind of key elements. They go, they go friendliness, negotiation, reason, assertiveness, higher authority, and coalition. These are just elements that we will talk about in another podcast that help you think about effective strategies for communicating with your peer network. Yeah. You don't use all of them, you, well, all the time, but use some of them in, mm -hmm. in different ways. Right. Negotiating, knowing how to effectively advocate your position in a meeting without coming across as domineering or close-minded. Yeah. That's an example. Or being assertive appropriately, knowing how to continually push a point without being where people start rolling their eyes and go, would that person just let it die? Right. This is not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so effective, I mean, effectively building a peer network means that you have to be a good communicator. Yeah. All right. And the higher you go up in an organization, the premium on communication increases. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. And, and think about your new role as a manager. Okay. Your job is to clearly communicate expectations. If you're not really good at communicating, you're going to fail because mm -hmm. you might be the best super doer in the world. But if you can't tell others how to do that in a way that's concise, understandable, that can be retained and acted upon, you're not, you're going to fail. So that's why communication skills are critical. And that's why we're going to spend some time in our podcast series talking about like I said, the trust equation and also some strategies for effective communication in the, in the workplace. Okay. All right. So that's step six. And so now we're finally coming to step seven and I go back to that network diagram or that matrix, which is every so often periodically, maybe once a year, or every six months or quarterly, pull out your network diagram and, and, and kind of do this whole process over again. It's, uh, evaluate how well is the, this network working for you? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself honestly, where am I deficient in my relationships with people I ought to be? Is there someone that I need to add to my network? Is there someone that has been a part of my network and I'm, I'm spending a lot of effort on it, but it's not, it's not going anywhere? Hmm. You know, just take an assessment of how that's actually working for you and schedule it into your time. Schedule a time to think about how well this is working. And what I do, and this is true what I do, is I just type in red, kind of my notes of each person, how well I'm doing. And that's just, and then the next year I, I'm going to, I choose a different color and I just keep a kind of a running note and I have a little key that says my comments for 2015 red, my comments for 2016 blue. Hmm. And I just keep little notes in my network diagram and it's just my running, my self-assessment or my kind of state of the union to myself on how well I'm doing. Yeah, I think, you know, I think of um, peer relationships or the, 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 the amount of 
influence that um, your peers have on your work, your career, everything that you you do, and um, I think we discount it a bit. We don't we don't quite factor it into how successful we can be. And a lot of times I think about um, just that, just knowing that you can rely on someone or you've built a strong enough relationship with them and you're not even thinking necessarily about using it in the future, but it comes in handy sometimes when you're in a bind and you need a favor or you need some help and you have that relationship to rely on with somebody else. I agree. And I think that I like the word you used. It comes in handy. Yeah. You don't, you don't go around, <laughs> around building this to sort of cash in a bunch of chips someday, right? <laughs> right. That, that self-interest we talked about will destroy the trust yeah. and that network's not going to be very valuable. You really need to be legitimately interested in this to help others and to just build a relationship. But it will come in handy because to, to successfully, successfully navigate within an organization, the only way to do that is to have people that will talk to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not part of the communication circle, you're not going to be an effective manager or leader yeah. no matter what you try to do. And I'd say on top of that, you need to understand how you bring value to the relationship. So what are you offering? You know, how, mm-hmm. how can you be valuable to other people? And that will strengthen your relationship as well as the ability you have to, um, to use your peer network more effectively. Yeah, and so in, in, in kind of in summary or in conclusion, let's talk about just a, a scenario where you're going to need this peer network, mm-hmm. okay? And this this happened to me one time early on in my career. We were going with one of one of the people I was working for. We were going through a series of of layoffs, mm-hmm. and my network really helped me because I had taken the time to build the network. And I don't think I had done it quite as um, or I hadn't done it quite as well as I'm suggesting. Sure. Right? So so um, I'm not saying I was perfect, but I had a good network. And that helped me know and navigate that period because I was perceived to be valuable to the company mm-hmm. because I had associated with those that were good high performers and that helped me. Yeah. So that's a personal scenario where I know that worked to my advantage. Um, I also think now that as I've moved up and have influence in, in higher positions, for me it's important because it's the only way that you're going to effectively make initiatives happen. You mm-hmm. can't just pound your fist on the table and expect people to um, do what you want them to yeah. do. You have to convince them to, by, by proper influence, you have to convince them to follow you. And you don't do that by demanding. You do that by having a, a relationship of trust where people will want to, to follow you. Yeah, just being the smartest person in the room doesn't get you where you need to go. Yeah. So in conc- I, that was kind of our summary, but I kind of, as I was talking out loud, I thought I would make a point. Mm-hmm. Make sure your network is diverse. It, so you're a sports guy, right? You yeah. love, say, say you're a sports guy and you love, you love Mets baseball, you love Rangers hockey, and I don't know if that's allowed to be those <laughs> two, and, and you like New York Knicks basketball. So I'm, I'm, staying, I'm New York centric here. Yeah. Don't make your network all about those three things, right? Take the time to build diversity. Listen to alternative points of view within your network. Mm-hmm. Make sure that there there are, if you're a man, make sure that you can relate well and that there are women mentors, people that you look up to that are part of it. Make sure that those that might be minorities or have a diverse opinion, make sure they're included. That's going to be important because that'll help you kind of see ways that you can improve and and you can also, um, I think, 
just have a broader, more fulfilling, richer network. So I would also point that out that as we move forward, let's not be so uh, focused on kind of people like ourselves. Let's choose, um, you know, let's choose those that, that actually make us better and that are contributing to our diversity and our growth yeah. as professionals. Great. Well, Matt, thanks very much. And thanks everyone for joining us on this podcast, Building Your Peer Network. We look forward to having you join us on a future podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.